Welcome to a new episode of the ESICM podcast. My name is Anna Maria Yuan. I am a NEXT committee member and an intensive care doctor in training at Fundacion Jimenez Diaz University Hospital in Madrid, Spain. Our guests for today are Dr. Tim Ewald, PhD candidate and clinical pharmacologist in training, and Dr. Alan Abdullah, hospital pharmacist and postdoc both at the Erasmus Medical Center in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Welcome. Yeah, thank you uh, kindly for the introduction and the uh, invitation for this podcast. Today, yeah, thank you we... very much. Thank you too. You are so welcome. Today, we will be talking about their newest article published in Intensive Care Medicine Journal, which is Model Informed Precision Dosing of Beta-Lactam Antibiotics and ciprofloxacin in critically ill patients, a multicenter randomized clinical trial. The DOLPHIN trial is the first multicenter trial focusing on the effect of antibiotic MIPD on clinical outcomes. Dr. Abdullah, what was the main purpose of the DOLPHIN trial? So I think it's important to realize that intensive care unit critical patients from all medical specialties are treated. And as a consequence, the ICU population is very heterogeneous and among the most complex and intensive within the healthcare. So due to physical changes in the ICU population, the pharmacokinetic behavior is also very different compared to non-ICU patients and also subjected to impressive changes. And I think traditionally TDM has mainly been used to minimize potential toxicity of drugs uh, with neurotriptic drug index, of course, like um, aminoglucoside or vancomycin. And in drugs with complex PK, such as uh, foriconazole, and it has been underutilized until now for other antibiotics, such as the beta-lactams and the fluoroquinolones. So beta-lactam antibiotics and also ciprofloxacin are amongst the most used and prescribed antibiotics in the ICU setting. However, the PK behavior of these antibiotics are also subjected to fast and significant changes over time in critically ill patients. And as a consequence, we know that only about 60% of the patients receiving a beta-lactam and only 30% of the patients receiving ciprofloxacin achieve adequate pharmacodynamic targets at the ICU. So as imaginable, therapeutic failure could be associated with decrease of chance in clinical cure, but also bacterial eradication. And also it's associated with an increased chance of antimicrobial resistance development. On the other hand, high dosing regimens might also result in a trough level associated with toxicity and therefore simply increasing the standard dosing uh, on the ICU is, I think, not the most optimal choice. So the interpatient and the intrapatient variability is too high for that. So the primary objective for the DOLPHIN trial was to determine the effects of early model-based therapeutic drug monitoring of beta-lactams and ciprofloxacin, focusing on clinical outcomes in these critical ill patients. And the trial was a prospective multi-center RCT in um, eight ICUs across uh, the Netherlands. Until now, the effects of early TDM of these antibiotics on clinical outcome has not been investigated in a multi-center trial. So this makes the DOLPHIN trial a unique uh, trial in its fields. Thank you, Dr. Abdallah. 
antibiotics monitoring definitely is the hotspot topic in an original article that opens many perspectives. I kindly remind our listeners that TDM refers to therapeutic drug monitoring. For the next question, I will kindly ask Dr. Ewald, could you please briefly describe the methodology of the trial? Yeah, thank you. We designed this trial to match the current clinical situation as closely as possible. For example, for most drugs, when dose adjusting, we adjust the doses after 24 hours after you start the antibiotic. To match this practice, we started the intervention 24 to 36 hours after the initial dose and after informed consent was signed. And before any intervention, the patient was randomized to the intervention group that received the dose adjustment or the control group in which they received treatment as usual. We use traditional dose adjustments, which are up to 25-50% dose adjusting, up to the maximum of the registered dosing for that antibiotic. Uh, to precisely estimate what the exposure was for the drug, we used previously published population pharmacokinetic models, also known as PK models. These models were then used in combination with a measurement of the antibiotic in the blood to estimate the antibiotic levels in the future for this individual patient. Getting the measurements in time was a true challenge in the dolphin trial, since it was conducted in 450 patients in eight hospitals at the same time. The samples had to be in a laboratory uh, at the same time. The assays used for this drug uh, take a relatively large amount of time, but are very precise and requires trained technicians. Uh, yeah, the samples were usually drawn from the patient in the morning before eight o'clock, but it had to be in a lab before noon. Uh, this meant that the samples were transported and cooled by tra- specialized medical transport. And after these measurements were known, so after the lab was done, we used these measurements to adjust the population pharmacokinetic model to the individual patient and create a dosing advice. Uh, this we then uh, contacted to the intensive care f- uh, physician. We repeated the same procedure on day three and day five of the trial, as the patient still received the antibiotic that they were randomized for. This led to over 1,000 samples in the intervention group that would have been measured in time. Uh, but for the patient that were randomized in the control group, the other thousand samples were measured in bulk later on. I see. So it is an extremely complex process, which required, uh, I see, extreme uh, precision. And could you please tell us what uh, were the primary and secondary outcomes uh, of your trial, please, uh, Dr. Evald? Yes. We want to investigate clinically relevant outcomes in this trial. Therefore, we use the intensive care unit length of stay. Prolonged Intensive care the unit length of stay is associated with a higher mortality and also greater use of ICU resources. We calculated this uh, length of stay as the days between the ICU admission and the ICU discharge or death. We also set some secondary outcomes, which was target attainment of the antibiotic, which is defined as achieving the required target of the respective antibiotic after reaching a steady state. Furthermore, we assessed mortality up to six months after randomization. We assess change in organ failure score between the first antibiotic dose and day five. The incidence of adverse events within seven days, antibiotic target attainment, and the quality of life as a visual analog scale score and quality of life, which was calculated from the questionnaire. We also had some post hoc analysis where we investigated the ICU length of stay after randomization and the ICU three days alive at the ICU. Different antibiotic groups, the beta-lactam groups, and the ciprofloxacin were also analyzed separately from each other. Thank you. What can you tell us about the results that you obtained from the trial? Well, we randomized 450 patients in this trial into the intervention and control group. Uh, The patients were 
well divided between the groups. And we saw that the population was severely ill with a Apache 4 score of 70 in the median. The median first time of sampling after the start of the antibiotic was around 19 hours. In the intervention group, those adjustments were recommended for 71 patients at the first time of measurement. We did not observe difference in the primary outcome, which is ICU length of stay, between the intervention and the standard therapy group, nor in any other clinical outcome. Furthermore, we saw that there were no major differences in adverse events between the groups, and none were likely of the adverse events were likely to be related to the study intervention. And furthermore, target attainment at different time points was not significantly improved in the MIPD arm. It was improved, but without significant statistical significance. Uh, this finding can have multiple explanations, of course, and we saw a large variability within a single patient over time that could make the uh, pharmacokinetic changes unpredictable. For example, if a patient started with dialysis, volume resuscitation, or had increased organ failure, you could not predict it with a model. Additionally, we only used traditional restrictive dose adjustments of a maximum of 25 to 50%. These might not have been enough to adjust for the quick changes in the ICU setting. And lastly, we used the maximum dosing uh, to which we were adhered, which was the maximum dosing at which the antibiotic was registered. It um, came to my attention uh, that you performed a cost-effectiveness analysis. So could you briefly comment on the findings related to this analysis, please, Dr. Evel? Yes, sure. We think that quality of life is very important to assess in trials, also ICU trials. We see that it's more and more being researched lately. But in this dolphin trial, we observed no significant effect in the quality. Uh, in the quality of life years. We didn't see statistically and clinically. The difference was only 0.03 at six months. The cost analysis to improve one quality was also therefore a negative number. And the cost of the intervention itself was estimated to be around 400 euros, but the cost of our patient in our trial was at average 50,000 euros. That makes us 400 euros for the intervention almost negligible. Okay, I think it's a very clear uh, answer. Thank you for that. Dr. Abdallah, could you please let us know which are the most important aspects that you would like to emphasize from uh, the dolphin trial? Well, I think with the dolphin trial, we have addressed many challenges and opportunities for beta lactams and ciprofloxacin TDM in clinical practice, which could help in the next steps toward more optimal and tailored approach for each um, critical ill patient using uh, TDM. However, it's important to realize that optimal pharmacotherapy in critical ill patients with uh, suspected infections requires also understanding and integration of relevant data on the antibiotic, bacterial pathogen, patient characteristics. So there's a lot of things to consider. And due to, to the wide range of pharmaco of, of the pathophysiological changes in critical ill patients, the PK behavior is not only different from non-critical ill patients, but also subjected to a vast and also dramatic changes uh, during the ICU stay. So it's difficult to implement CDM and adequate treatment of serious infections also involves more than just timely antibiotic initiation. That should also ensure adequate exposure immediately in the first hours of the treatment, so starting at appropriate dosing. There should also be a clear focus for um, implementing model-informed precision dosing, the availability of 
these software in electronic health records, but also better assay availability and also creating clear personal instructions, training healthcare professionals, how to interpret the data. And I think there's also still a lot of um, discussion about the you know, pharmacodynamic targets, so the agreements of the PKPD targets. And we saw also that it's very important to have great and good organizational support to use TDM of these new, the use TDM of beta lactams and ciprofloxacin. Dr. Evold, if there were a take-home message to send to our listeners, which would be it? I think that the most important message is that this trial might not have shown a, a result in favor of MRPD in all ICU patients. However, we had some very important lessons that can be drawn from the trial. We are conducting post-hoc analysis. Uh, the classical approach to dose personalization is not fit for all patients. More questions still need to be answered before you can personalize the dosing of these antibiotics in the ICU. You need to know who to TDM, when to TDM, and how to TDM. As an expert in the field and talking about personalized medicine, Dr. Abella, what are your recommendations for the future in line of your study findings? Well, I think the shift to precision dosing in each patient to achieve exposure accepted as safe and also effective would require maybe cultural, but also educational commitment and also a greater understanding of the mechanism and the variability of disease and treatment, as well as the translation to clinical outcomes, to good clinical outcomes and how to use them in TDM. As such, I think analysis of treatment affects heterogeneity and also looking at non-random uh, variation in the direction or magnitude of the treatment effects in subgroups are very important and should be a part of RCTs uh, focusing on precision dosing. So we are now currently working on a number of uh, secondary analysis to identify possible, I think, subpopulation which could benefit from TDM, looking also at uh, the primary outcome, but also the secondary outcomes. So in future studies, an alternative study design could also be to investigate the effects of TDM of these antibiotics by selecting patients at risk for target non-attainment based on readily available demographic or clinical factors and doing this prior to the initiation of the empirical treatment. Of course, this requires, I think, validated screening and prediction tools for target non-attainments to select patients which are at risk for target non-attainments. We have recently developed these kind of uh, tools uh, based on the data from the Dolphin, but also the expert trials. I think it's striking that the time to the desired targets is not very often used as a predictor for effectiveness. So that should also be a shift in our goals. So target determinations are generally determined within the first 24 or 84 hours after start of therapy, while in the case of a severe infections in the ICU, adequate exposure should be given um, already in the first hours, so at the first dose. So the availability of rapid uh, prediction of risk, uh, patients at risk should help treating these patients better at the ICU. And with model-informed persistent dosing, antibiotic dosing support should also be, uh, in future, could be available at bedside to generate the optimal dose at the first dosing moment. 
and also adjust the dose based on blood levels, even uh, within the first dosing interval. So the role of TDM tools, I think, uh, in clinical decision making should be an important part for feature research, but also combining biomarkers with TDM results. So ideally, biomarkers and TDM results uh, should be obtained from the same sample. And this could allow the application of model-informed precision dosing to reach its full potential and maybe go beyond the classical examples of TDM. Thank you so much, Dr. Abdallah and Dr. Ewald, for all the precious information shared with us today. It was a pleasure meeting you, and if the time allow us, we would get even more knowledge revealed. I am sure that your article has already raised a wide interest among our listeners. Thank you for your attention, and I remind you that the article is available in Intensive Care Medicine Journal. This is Dr. Anna Maria Yuan. See you in the next episode.